Ready, Slim? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. We have made it to episode 50. Episode 50. For this episode, we're going to be reviewing Goldfinch and It. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Tawana, I'm in my feels right now. I'm feeling this groove right here. What are we going to be sipping on today? Well, what we're going to be sipping on, inspired by the very American choice of films we did. Yes. uh, Especially It. Mm -hmm. Takes place in the heart of the country. Or Maine. yeah. Maine, but okay. Uh, I mean, it feels small town. It feels it feels midwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it is Maine. It feels midwestern, so it feels very much like you know. It's because Stephen King always likes those little small town. He does, but it's like the middle of like you know wherever wherever Heartland USA is right. what it really feels like. And so when you think about America and all the things that makes it that. You think of classical beers like Budweiser or Miller or Coors or shit like that. Um, <laughs> we know how much you love Coors. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. But, you know, no offense eh, to each his own. Yes, um, I, I'm still taking offense to that. As a yeah, I can't. Around, it, it's okay. definitely. Like, oh, you didn't sh- even think it was tasty. I, just, I really didn't. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin, who's running sound for yes. us today. Thank Welcome you, Kevin. Welcome back again, Kevin. Welcome back. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Only 200, or only uh, 250 more, and you get to go into syndication. Exactly. <laughs> Thank exactly. You. I hope. Shout out to you, Alex. <laughs> we miss you. Welcome to episode 50. Alex, um, Alex so, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Bud I'm drinking today, so Budweiser has been doing all these sort of like new, like edges to the next step in in their beer line, right? Mm-hmm. In their sort of lineage, I guess in a sense, they're trying to bring it a little bit up because they know people like craft. So they've had Copper Lager, which actually was pretty tasty. Yeah, I like the because Copper Lager. that was the one with the Jim Beam. Yeah, or J- it was Jim Beam, right? Jim Beam. That was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had Black Crown, I think. Wow. Am I calling it Black Crown, right? Yeah, Black Crown, which was actually not bad. Um, and so now the new one is American Red Lager. Okay. Considering it and all its redness. Right. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, the Americana, as I, right, and the Americana, as I said. Um, this is their version of a red ale. Uh, sort of like a red amber lager ale. Um, Killian's it is not. No, it's definitely not a Killian's. <laughs> And I think they really wanted to make it really malty. But f- because of them, you know, it's called um, it's called American Red Ales. But it, 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 some people are calling it Freedom Reserve. It's mm-hmm. best, okay, so it's a specialty red lager uh, brewed with like toasted barley grains, which gives it this color. It's got this uh, slightly sweet aroma, I guess. Okay. Tiny touch of hops. I don't really taste the hops as much. I would really love it if I could taste a lot more of the caramel and the toffee that they say are in here. It's not a lot of that. Um, 
definitely better the colder it is. The finish is pretty smooth the colder it is. <laughs> yes. It supposedly sure. has a hint of molasses. There's definitely something sweet, okay. but it doesn't taste as it would normally would in a red ale. Okay. Um, not horrible. What I will give them 100% props for is that uh, by purchasing this, they donate money towards uh, $1 towards Folds of Honor, which is a nonprofit that uh, provides scholarships to families of fallen and wounded soldiers. Okay. So I will give them that 1,000% because we must support our troops. Absolutely. And shout but, out to the soldiers. Thank you for your absolutely. service. Absolutely. But um, so if, you, if you're a fan of it or you j- you've seen it on a shelf and you kind of want to try it, uh, I say give it a shot. It's only like a buck for the six pack. Split it with somebody if you're that cheap, and go from there. Wow, <laughs> Tawana and her shade. A Damn. dollar for a whole six pack. I know that seemed a little. I'm no. like, oh, they gave a dollar. Mm. It's okay. They gave something because a lot I, of these I, companies. I do want to say anything. that I will give them props for actually giving something yep, to our soldiers. That. No, no, absolutely, yeah. At least, yeah. I mean, it has been selling because it was. It, this was the last one, and it, I saw it in another story. It was sort of disappearing. I think the Jim Bean was the hit. Yes, yeah. it definitely was. But the, it was. The, though, can we talk about the irony of a red lager being so American? Ah, uh, yes. Worse. I mean, I wasn't going to slide into that, but definitely yeah. that. I mean, you know Just saying. I mean, you know, the beginning of this film says him all day. You know? Well, I'm, I'm team blue, so it's okay. Um, so what Trust, I'm doing. We are too. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, th- I really thought the irony was that red symbolizes communism and socialism. Oh, That's where I was going with well, it. Like, going there. <laughs> that too. Well, I mean. I, I was actually talking about the uh, literally the irony of red. But listen, Shout out to they, Russia. They seem to work hand in hand. Yeah, so. Shout saying, out to Russia. You know. Okay. <laughs> Vaughn. Back what? on track. Vaughn, sorry. what do you have? I'm going to do. Because we were taking it to uh, that American Americana feel, I decided to take it down south. And, and this time I'm going to have a, a bourbon from Charleston, South Carolina, my home state. And um, this one, this is called the New Southern Revival Bourbon Whiskey. And it, it, it features four grains this time. So you have corn, you have uh, malted barley, you have rye, and you have Carolina gold rice. And this, this, uh, bourbon was distilled in the um, high wire distilling company in Charleston, South Carolina. So shout out to Charleston and, and, and all the beautifulness of that beautiful city. And it just, it just kinds of comes back to our theme of these kind of small town environments, which, which was serviced up in it. And um, I think mm-hmm. that what I, what I did like about this bourbon was that, the blending of the the different grains because mm-hmm. it actually looked similar to Tawana's beer today, yeah, it's and because I, of the toasted barley. right, it's that toasted barley that they put in it. Um, and I actually mixed a little bit of Tawana's beer with the bourbon, and it was made it a hundred percent better. It was perfect. It was the, a perfect combination. So blend another bourbon. So with think, your beer. so think about it <laughs> as a boilermaker <laughs> type. Yeah. Um, I'm what my problem with this bourbon because they're they're a new company. Uh, been around for a couple of years now and um, like 2014 or so. It, but I give them credit for doing it because we need more bourbons to be spread out around the country. Um, but um, it, it was missing a bottom for me. I, I, I'm really, I, I just, I can't say enough. I'm, I'm a really a fan of Kentucky bourbons, right. but 
I appreciate South Carolina for trying to do this. I love the bottle and it feels good in my hand. I, I it, it feels old and aged and, and, and all of that, even though it's not as right. much. But I think that, you know, it's 94 proof. It's pretty expensive. I was turned on to this by one of my coworkers and uh, for his goodbye celebration at the office. And and he was like, well, it, it came highly recommended at, the, at the, the beverage store where he was buying his bourbons and he wanted to try it. And he knew I was from South, from the South Carolina area. So he wanted me to try it. But um, like I said, I really appreciate it. And, um, but I think that it just needs something else. I'm trying to figure out what I would make mix with this. If I would have it in like a cocktail, if I just drank it neat. So far successfully, I've been just drinking it neat. And that's one way I would suggest that you have it. But once again, it's the new Southern Revival bourbon whiskey with four grains. So uh, check it out if you get a chance. It's a little pricey, but it, it's it's decent. You know, it's not Uncle Nearest, but you know. I mean, they just opened a new distillery themselves. And shout out to them, and I'm very happy for and them about it. A lot of people are having a lot of success with them. I'm so good. So loving Uncle Nearest, but back to Revival. Like I said, you know, if you if you can find it in your stores, check it out because I believe in trying new bourbons and new experiences. Because literally, this is batch 26. Bottle 76, so you know when yeah. you've been pouring out your bottles, it's not something mass-produced well, and like, crazy. It's like the uh, the bottles that Alex was getting from the small, the, right. the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And you get the vodka, and you get the bourbon, and the beers. Yeah, so I, you know, I appreciate that. And so, like I said, just you know, try some new bourbons, you know, branch out a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's good. It'll do. So you want to talk about industry news a little bit, Tawana? Sure. You go first. Well, you know, in industry news, you know, we've been, uh, the summer has passed, and this is our first episode back, but the biggest news in, in the film industry right now is the fact that uh, Movie Pass has closed. It's Thank over. Thank God. Sorry. It's over. I did like them, but then they failed horribly. It was, it. It, was, it was a great idea. It was a great it was model. It was a great idea. It was a great subscription model for, for moviegoers who people... Who love to see a lot of movies you in know, different theaters, in, in a lot of different theaters and all that. It actually was founded in um, 2011, and but it didn't kick off really until 2017. And so, it, by Mitch Lowell, he was the uh, leader in that. And he used to be a former executive at uh, Netflix and Redbox. Oh, that makes sense. And so, um, but you know, it just had a whole, it just had a host of problems getting funding and backing, and and, and just not enough support financially. And like I said, they had a, they had millions of users because they literally had over a million users in two years. But it just wasn't enough to sustain it, and 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 they just couldn't get enough backing from it financially. And so they it became just didn't work. Problematic in their dealings with right, their customers. Right, because they changed they changed the model and how you used it. You had to go to certain theaters. You could only see certain films. And when it started, you could just see anything. You could pick whatever theaters you wanted. And it, it was it was very user-friendly. Now, for the last six months, six to eight months that I've been trying to get out of the contract and the mm-hmm. agreement, I've been trapped in the payment. I cannot, literally can't cancel it. Yeah, see, that's problematic. Because when I was on it and I canceled it, it was fun. They never came after me after that. But the fact that they're doing that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a bad business. It's and and bad the thing is, model. they wanted to hold on to our money because that was how they were funding their deals. Right. But it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, it's a good model. And you know what? It's going to come back again in another form. 
I don't know that it is, though, because I've always looked at that and thought to myself, I don't know how this is ever going to make money. This is not sustainable because when you look at, like, package pricing and and as far as the theaters go, there's no incentive for the theater to do this. There's there's little incentive other than for the consumer. It's awesome Mm -hmm. because you can pay this one flat fee and, Mm -hmm. you know, go see whatever. But. From from the theater's perspective, I never understood how it worked. Right, how it was gonna f- yeah fulfill itself. But I mean, I, I I mean just... as a seat filler thing, I will give you like if you know to be able to go in and say there's like twelve seats for a film that haven't been sold, release those to the movie pass people because that's something you're not going to have sold anyway, right. and you're going to make concessions. Right, and you're going to make more money off the concessions than you are at the box office anyway. But that never made financial sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. I, but I I do feel like it's going to turn up. In some other form, some other way, but it's got hella competition because so all these now big guys all the theaters are doing it. Have yeah. their own AMC, plans. Regal, everybody's got a plan now. So like, that's how they. That's how it'll survive. Is the is the theaters doing it themselves? Right, because it's it's the only way they could sustain it. Yeah. yeah, because also they they pull you in with the whole. They also have a points plan. So like AMC A list. So we yeah. have that as well. And so. What happens is they pull you in with the points trying to get you to buy concessions, and then they give you $5 every time you reach a certain amount of points. And so people go back and forth, back and forth. And so that also sustains their business. Also, it's their theater. So it's like you can see any movie at any time in their theater up to like three, four a week. Yeah. And, you know, even though I'm I'm still, you know, I'm an A-lister at this AMC thing, but... I can never get a benefit on any of these fucking concessions. I spent six bucks on a fucking soda that was just like whatever. But I, I just don't understand it. But well, I mean, granted, that, I'm saving money. You on have the to movies. really participate on it in it if you want to get the concession. So you have to really like buy like fifteen dollar like popcorn and soda at least yeah. twice before yeah, you get a five. That's the problem because I don't do the. I don't do the but food, right. you, you but I get it. Sneak your food in and just keep getting these cheap tickets. Yeah, <laughs> but the, I mean, but that is, but in the theater, that is how the theater make the theaters make their money off of concessions. Off the concession. They make nothing off a of box office. Clearly, if you're gonna sell a soda for six bucks, well, you're definitely making your money off of a soda. I mean, you're looking at like dollars. a 90, 90 10 split the right. first two weeks. You're, you know, you're looking at ninety ten, then they might get down to a thirty seventy split where ninety percent goes back to the company, right. back to the production company or the right. studio or whatever i mean i they definitely are at eight dollars for like a regular popcorn you're yeah. like you're killing it that's why they're making their money killing yeah. it and now that they're serving all kind of food options you know from hamburgers and the, and chicken i mean that stuff is trash stuff. but i mean if you want to really drink it and eat it and taste great or more power to you right whatever you can put in the microwave they can sell it yeah that's pretty much what it is that or some sort of little toaster oven right well well, there's yours. So that's my movie news for the week. <laughs> what about you, Tawana? Um, there have, there's been a series of articles that have come out, but we've been on vacation. Um, so I'm hot sure, boy, hot girl I, I'm summer. sure everybody knows now. Um, like Matrix and Coming to America and a lot of things that have kept coming up. Um, they would add people by bit by bit as it. Oh, for all these reboots. For yes. all these reboots, mm-hmm. so they would get. More of the original cast, bit by bit, yes. till till it had resolved. Because hell, they ain't doing nothing else. Because so they might as well the, be. In they're it. literally filming coming to America now. But right. I don't know though. I did see a production still for uh, Matrix Four too. Mm. But eh, 
whatever. Well, right now, Keanu is the it boy so in, in all media, so everybody's celebrating him. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that he's back in it. But I think that it's going to be interesting to see. And, and, you know, Candyman is in production. Oh, yes, so which I'm also very excited about. And Jordan about. Peele is uh, directing that. No, he's not. Oh, no, he's working with it. But he's, he's only, he's he's only producing, producing. But either way, he's it's, involved. It's a, it's a black woman. I his think involvement her name is, is Mia. Key. His involvement is key. Uh, yeah, his involvement is key. Uh, but he isn't writing it. Uh, he's just executive producing it. Yeah, I'm but, excited about it. But I think that will be really good. Um, what Who's going to play Victoria Mance's character? Uh, I don't know. I'd have I'm to very look, curious about that, I'd too. I'd have to look that up. This is as long as it's not Scarlett Johansson. I'm good. Who? Scarlett Johansson. Because oh she's God. in. she tries to be everywhere. So well, I figured she'd they, try to do they this. They probably give her the role everywhere. Like, you know, they're just like, oh, we need this person. So this is you. Here's right. the role for you. Uh, yeah, it's coming out 2020. Uh, Candyman is played by... Uh, I'm so sorry. If You're gonna I rip it up. your name. Go ahead. He's the villain in Aquaman. His name is. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yaya. Mm-hmm. He was good. I'm pretty sure it's a Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. Got it. Um, he's he he's plays a, a good bad guy. He's a New Orleanian. Okay. Um, and of course Tony Todd's gonna be in it. Yes, and I'm so he glad to see Tony and Coleman Domingo. Nice. So I mean, they do have some heavy hitters in there. Right. And they're bringing back the old school. Um, Tayana Paris from from the um, God. Why am I drawing a blank? She was from a big movie that just came out. Um, if Beale Street could talk, she yes. was the wife. Yeah, beautiful uh, girl. Yes, beautiful girl. Uh, she's in it. Several other people are in it. They don't. That's just all they've named so far. They haven't named a lot of people, and they didn't even. They haven't really said other than um, Yaya. Well, you know it's really about. He's going to be Candyman. Todd's not Candyman. I know, but everybody wants to see Todd in some. Yeah, I know, but it's it's really not really about Todd. It's a Mm -hmm. remake, so it's really about what this new thing is, but. Nia DaCosta is the director okay, uh, and writer. She recently did Little Woods, which came out last year, sort of like late last year, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot. So I'm, I'm excited to see her redo that, see what they can do with it. I'd be excited to see it. I hope it's good. I, I hope I'm it's good, go. too. Either way, I'm going to see it. We'll talk about it on the show for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So um, also in my industry news, I was real, um, interested in new film starring uh, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, um, uh, Brie Lawson, um, about a young man who... What's the name of the film, Tony? Just Mercy, sorry. Thank did you. Did I not mention that? No, you did not. <laughs> Just Mercy. Just Mercy, which, um, which has some really heavy-hitting performances in it. Uh, definitely about this, it's a true story, uh, about a young lawyer named Brian Stevenson, who makes this history-making battle for justice, uh, dealing with um, incarcerated men on death row who have been falsely accused and uh, the witnesses are are said to be um, sort of manipulated to tell these half-truths to solidify these men's uh, time in prison and then ultimately wow. they, mur- they murder them because they're not guilty. Um, and so he's had part of this, this sort of groundbreaking battles to like 
beat these cases and he was straight out of Harvard and instead of taking like big lucrative jobs, he heads to Alabama to like defend all these wrongfully accused men. Um, and so it looks really interesting. Nice. Uh, Brie Lawson plays a local advocate down there and so I'm excited. Well, you know, I, I showed a trailer a few times. Already. Speaking of that, I just was at this past week. I was just at the uh, International Puerto Rican Heritage Film Festival, and I saw a film called Imprisoned, and it starred Lawrence Fishburne. And I want it was a similar subject about imprisoned men being wrongly accused and and sent to prison and in 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 their struggle for freedom and 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 all of that. I have to recommend this film because it's one of those where it's just a very interesting story and they spotlight Puerto Rico in a different way that people really aren't used to seeing. And I, I, and I was just floored by one of the performances and, and you see Lawrence Fishburne in a totally different kind of character portrayal. And, and he's, he plays the warden and he's really a bad guy in a way I've never seen him before. And so that was very Trump of you. It was. It was just He's really a very bad. No, guy. but he was really a bad guy. <laughs> He's a bad guy. In, in the truest definition of the word, because I don't know if Trump knows what that means. He's very, very bad is his favorite adjective. I know those it are is. his favorite. I know it is, but that has nothing to do with this film. <laughs> but I think that once again, it's about prison reform, and I think that um, in the death penalty. It, but it's just. It was just. It was striking to me to see it, that kind of story being told, and I'm, I'm glad that they did it and they spotlighted you know, the prison system, and they talked about San Juan and all of that. And this happened, they filmed this film before uh, Hurricane Maria. So I think that if you find it in your area, because it's going to be in New York uh, in wide release uh, later this, in a couple of weeks. So uh, check What's it out if title? you can. It's called Imprisoned. Imprisoned. And, uh, but once again, check out these movies, you know, do your research. Think about movies that you want to see, because the fall is going to have a better crop of movies. We're over this whole summer yeah. blockbuster thing. Come so October is really going to roll out. Now just go out and see some good movies. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And if not, catch some online as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so you want to talk about It first? Sure. Oh, it yeah. 2. Uh, it Chapter 2, rather. Directed by Andy Muschietti, mm-hmm. uh, starring Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Harder, uh, Issa Mustafa, and so on and so forth. There, we, I could go the whole list. Bill Skarsgård as it, I mean as Pennywise rather, mm-hmm. um, takes place 20 years after the first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise. The Losers Club, as they're coined, the group of kids, have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call has brought them all home to deal with Pennywise once again. Hmm. You want to start? Actually, 27 years later. Yes, I said 27. What did I say? You said 20 years, but it's fine. It's 27, but anyway. Dyslexia uh, is a motherfucker. Then. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just reading. <laughs> <laughs> 27 years later. Yeah, um, 27 years later because it starts the whole, the whole uh, course all over again. Right. Um, Every 27 years. I have to say I was... I was actually entertained by this movie. I I, I really, because they embraced the book in a different way. They embraced the book entirely in the second and one. And I'm, I'm very happy I'm about it now. because there was, there was so much more to it that I did not get in the first one. And I felt like they, they, they serviced that up in a nice way. And I yeah, think that it was far more substantial. Stephen King, who was also in the film in a, in a, a little brief cameo, was, was obviously happy with this one. And um, I think that it's it's kind of interesting. It, now I have to say, 
it was very long. There is no reason for too long. I don't like any movie that's three hours long. I do. I don't care what it is. I just do not care what it is. There is no reason to trap your audience in a three-hour setting of anything. So I just don't know why you have to be there. Really, it's three hours and twenty minutes because trailers. The trailers, exactly. That's my point. So as 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 artists and directors and producers and all this, I need you to consider your audience and consider the the confines of sitting in a fucking theater for three hours watching anything. There is no reason for it. There needs to be a space and time. You can tell a story in a two-hour format. You certainly can. There is no yeah. reason for three hours. Yeah, they were a bit indulgent. There were definitely some things they could have cut out, and they were a little redundant in those in those situations. In right, those and, and like I said, you gave me, I, I totally got the story. I got where everybody was. I got where they are now. I, I, I enjoyed the performances. I really liked... Um, the guy from Barry, um, what's his name? Barry. He was, he's in Barry now. Um, I don't know what Barry is. What's Barry? HBO. He's on HBO. It's an HBO show. I don't know the show. Guy with the glasses, the comedian. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. I loved Bill Hader's performance. I liked Jessica Chastain, of course, because she's she's an actress. I I wanted more from from a boy from X Men. I, I needed more from him. McElvey. Yeah. I needed more you from like him. You like him. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan, and so I, I needed more from him, but I enjoyed the performances. I think that they gave me, they took me all the way. They did, I don't need another, I don't need another it. I'm good with it now. They, they gave it all to me in that one, in this one movie. Because hell, if you can't give it to me in three hours, I'm not going to get it. Well, I mean, I get it because it was a miniseries initially. Yes. But the first half was what it was, and I think we went in there very anxious, those of us who remember the original, mm-hmm. unsure of what was going to happen, knowing that we would probably be scared out of our wits. Right. And I think, I know myself, I wasn't, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't scarier, scarier mm-hmm. than what I'd anticipated. I mean this one maybe that's scary. me. That one's me scaring myself, but this but it wasn't substantial. This right. one was substantial. Yes. I felt I felt as if I received a fully fledged film. Yes. Um I felt like I got the acting, I got the cinematography, I got um I got a full ex- immersed experience. Yes. From it. And then I could walk away clean. Yeah, and you. And you the know only what? thing was, Go we ahead. didn't need ninety thousand flashbacks. We got flashbacks for each one individually. We got flashbacks as a group. We got some little touches of flashbacks when they made the phone call. Mm-hmm. It's too many. You could have easily swiped off a half an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, easily for sure. But I think that, like I said, visually it was stunning. It was definitely moody. You you felt There's every. There's a lot of mood. You felt. Like you were part of it, and even when you and you didn't necessarily know when Pennywise was going to show up again. You also didn't necessarily have to watch the first one. No, you definitely didn't need to see the first one to see this one, and and I, I like that for because I'm sure there was a lot of people who missed the first one. Right. But even if you didn't, you did not have to have this the first one just to enjoy this one because you you really got a full story. And to me, this one is actually closer to how the miniseries was. Right. Well, this one was. Uh I had spoken to a few people who had read the book, and I couldn't understand some scenes, like the, the 
there's a uh, a scene at the very beginning. Oh, with the gay that's bashing. A, the and gay all bashing that. that's mm-hmm. a bit violent. Um, yes. I didn't understand if that was a political statement or not. Also, especially based off like what had occurred later in the film with some characters. Yes. I assume this is what they were trying to like make a statement. But then I was assured by the people after I'd seen it that the book really does establish that. Right. And, and what happens is apparent from my understanding. And I read some articles about it because people people had a lot of questions about that. But it's very. He, he did the same thing in the he book. He did the same thing but in the book. the point that Stephen King was trying to make was that we've moved forward in time. We're 27 yeah. years later. And Barry still hadn't changed. Right. I'm Derry. Is it Derry? Derry, the town. Derry. Yeah. And, but the people, you know, life has changed. People have changed. The world is different. But we're still living in a small town situation. Well, it? Derry never changed because Derry doesn't change. And he kind of wanted to show that. In right. the fact that you had a gay couple living their lives and trying to be, you know, themselves right. in their authentic way, right. and this thing happens to them because they were the first well, murder. One was a native and one was visiting right. with him. Right. So this and was the first murder. This is what that started, started the twenty-seven, the, the 27 years. Yeah. So you know, and and I get it. And about what what I wanted to happen from that is I wanted some kind of resolution for that couple, and that just that just didn't. Well, once I once I'd understood uh, why they were in hurt and murdered, mm-hmm. um, actually only one of them was murdered. The other mm-hmm. one was just hurt. Uh, the reason why I understood it is then I understood. Okay, fine. I don't need a resolution. It wasn't about the gay bashing. It was mm-hmm. about murdering this mm-hmm. kid and also showing that the town never grew past its mm-hmm. its its posted date. Like yes. <laughs> you know, it still was what it was. Yes. And people, but then but then we have to also uh, bring into bring into light that Derry, they completely always said, no one ever leaves Derry. Right. You know, no one ever, nothing ever changes in Derry. And when they went around, nothing really did change in Derry. A couple places had closed, but Derry was still the same. So in that sense, I would expect nothing more than for people to still be closed-minded in that way. Right. And you know that the thing is, it was just like, because they showed like characters that were in the first film who are now older, mm. who are still in the same place, like the people that worked in the pharmacy, and, yeah. and you know the people in all the little shops and stuff, and and just the, the whole idea. And it was very no one ever leaves. Right. It was very like even when they were traveling around and looking at for different experiences, they would always fall back in the same place, like with uh, Mustafa's character working in the in Mike, the library. Yeah, the character Mike. He had moved to work in their library. He was working on a farm with his grandfather. Right. They were farmers. Oh, yeah, pig farm. farmers. Mm-hmm. Pig farmers, or yeah, it was, was it? I it, thought it was cows. It was some kind of livestock. It was like way. cows because he was get he was delivering uh, meat in the first one. Right. So it was. Just, but it's yeah. kind of interesting. I, and you know, I, small town America is a real thing. But the thing is, is they 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 really highlighted that once you leave Derry, you forget about everything. And so and I understand that. Once you, yeah, you would understand from from a small town. I understand. Um, that. and so once, and you too, Kevin. Because I think <laughs> once you leave, you, you Anchorage, just, Alaska is not a small town. Oh, I thought weren't you from a small town? That is a small town. Anchorage is not that small. No, there are more people in this neighborhood than live in Anchorage, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it has small town mentality. It's, oh, it absolutely has. It. Alaska yeah. is very small. And town. you lived in Colorado town. too. Yeah, but that was Denver. Oh, that was Denver. yeah. yeah. And then I was city. yeah, and I was I was born in Glenwood Springs. Yeah. Um, which is a small town, but it's you know it's very much it's close to Aspen, so right. it 
it doesn't have quite that same. But needless to say, you you would understand what it is like. Yeah, to yeah, for grow sure. up in that sort of and, small. And you know, like I said, solid performances. I, I really yeah, they they did really well. They matched the adults really well to the absolutely. Children. The casting was really good. Yeah, and and you know, just the feel of it was right. I felt like I literally felt like I was watching Stephen King movie. And and the thing is, they updated all of the effects in the in the in the visual effects that you would have seen from the miniseries they made it feel the way it was supposed to and i right. understand when it was done back in the 90s cuz this was done in 1990 which seems like it was sooner than it was the miniseries it was 1990 that was 1990 cuz i watched it this week and i was wow. like I, I it's hard to believe that we've come so far visually with you know with CGI and all those effects and those but, were pretty decent and and so it was just it was it was really good and I I just you know shout out to them once again because they they did a lot right with with, with this kind of with this work so well, I'm happy about that what I like is as you just said the nostalgia of it mm-hmm. um it definitely felt like Goonies yes you know it had that sort of like everyone grows up in some sense the same way right. right? That that Steven Spielbergness of it, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, that yeah. that sort of like everyone plays games, everyone does this. But I that's mean, I why that's why Stranger I, Things is so popular. That's why Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah. But you know what? Stranger Things is popular, but it's 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 as if, um, so like millennials didn't grow up like that, no. and neither did Z's. No. And so that's why they also glom on to Stranger Things because they never had that sense of nostalgia like their parents did. Uh, yeah, a, a, a perfect example of this. My my husband's eleven years younger than I am, right. and we both love listening to '90s house music. Mm. And oh, yeah, that was the best. Oh, it's so like that I mean, oh, it's so good. But then one day we were listening to something, and it dawned on me. It was like, wait a minute. I'm listening to this, remembering what it was like being in the club. To be right. in the to club. To be listening right. to, to this. To be there in the moment. He's listening to it the same way I listen to, like, you know, Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Like, it's a or totally music, different or music thing. That your parents would be into. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's totally different. But, right. you know, so it's when it appeals to you for generational reasons. Right. right. It's historical. Like Ready Player One. Yeah. Another yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. But um, definitely, it, that's that's just what it felt like. And then a lot of the characters, which would initially start off really sort of like tone and sound, uh, I should say sound, set tone and mood yes. a great deal in the yeah, film and absolutely. made it very immersive. Uh, and then the characters would come out and they would be slightly cartoonish. So they weren't as frightening as initially. Right. Because okay, so you would feel like a child almost. Uncontrol- you'd have no control over your surroundings. You'd fit. You hear this sound. You'd feel it, and then you'd see it, and all you knew was fight or flight. Right. So you'd yeah. take off. But then the people were sitting in seats as watching a film. We would see some of the features would be cartoonish, which made me think even more so of Goonies. Mm-hmm. But I think that, but I, to me, that's Stephen King's writing. Though, right, right, right. Where, but what I'm like, saying is, yeah, it's like because it's not very scary. No, it's like moody. It's very like you're like you're in a place and you feel like, and then suddenly you're taken to that 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 right. frightening but place. But not some of his films or some of his books are quite frightening. Yeah, Shining right. is frightening. Yeah, um, yeah. Pet Cemetery, frightening. Yeah. Carrie, frightening. Like, but it takes a, but it takes you a journey to get there. It though. takes you yeah. a journey Salem's to get there. Also, because yeah. the Salem's mist Lot also was in a small town too. The yeah. mist was actually scary as the short story. Yeah. 
Um, and spooky is the movie. But then there are mo- moments like this where he does like, where he really has a sense of whimsy, you know, yeah. a sense of nuance um, and, 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 and nostalgia. That makes you feel really good, actually. But I feel like, I feel like after watching it, I feel like, and, and watching it as an adult, because I, I first saw this miniseries as a child. So I was like, because I wasn't a child, but the thing was. Because I wasn't a child in It wasn't about being a child. It was about <laughs> being the fact that it was the first time you saw something that dealt with childhood. Because it was mm-hmm. very reminiscent of like the Stand By Me's and those kind of right. storytelling. Yeah. Where and Goonies. You, yeah, exactly. And Goonies. And, and even like uh, the Lost Boys and, Lost and, Boys. and films like that, yeah. that brought you back to the time of your childhood. Like what it was like to be a child. Right, and the innocence of that when bad things would happen to people. Because mm-hmm. if you really think about it, this story was about missing kids. And that was the yes. first time when we were children where you had kids missing and you didn't understand that. And we would see them on, on milk boxes. Because I remember my parents telling me, oh, you know, you got to come inside. We, we used to be able to just play outside and there was no thing. Yeah, play to the... Well, in New York, where I grew up, um, New York City, it was play to the lights came on. Right. So and, there was no, like, you play outside to the sun falls. It was play to the lights came on and then they would pull us in. Right. But then they had things like Aton Pates. Right, when you and when people kids would go started missing... missing. On like lunch, on like uh, milk containers, right? And that's it, that, been, was, that was the first time. It, this was, was it. reminiscent of that, yeah. Where you had people all of a sudden, the world had changed, yeah. and so satanic panic, right? Yes. Right, Set exactly. In. So yeah. you know, yeah. this movie brings up all of those kinds of things because right, right, right. because really and truly, if you think about it, they were just doing innocent kid stuff. They were yeah. hanging out at the quarry. They were hanging out by the lake. They were yeah. doing riding their bikes through the towns right. and all those kinds of things. Those are very innocent. American things. Right. Well, because for me, then it became a bit of a nightmarish uh, fairy tale. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it was a bit of a fairy tale for a while, and then it just gets Like scary. Hansel and Gretel. Right. And then mm-hmm. it would get scary. Right. You know, it's just kind of like what Cinderella was before Disney got it. You know? Right. <laughs> like the real Japanese tale of it. You know, it's just like it, it, it had like uh, the production design was amazing. Yes. Um, Cinematography was excellent. Like I said, a bit of a fantasy of sorts because it's mm-hmm. a bit of a fairy tale. Um, I, I, I I really appreciated, um, sort of like, sort of like a take back of the characters. So you would see, you would have seen their growth, mm-hmm. um, and their progress in life. And some, I mean, they all progressed in life fairly well except because they Mike. left the town, except for Mike. But then, then again, you could see that they also did not progress as well because there are certain characteristics from the original mm-hmm. that they were repeating in the second. Right. And uh, essentially, I guess Mike saved them. But I, you know what? I think that, that, that speaks to people because yes. we're all a reflection of how we were as a kid. We're all, I really think that. We're all a reflection of, of our childhood mm-hmm. and our Absolutely. parents. And so some people in the film were repeating their parents' uh, mistakes, so right. to speak. But uh, what do you think? What do we want to rate this? Oh, it's a, it's, a solid, it's a solid four out of five for me. 
I want to give it a three and a half because of that long, fucking ridiculous movie. You just can't get over the length. Because I had to fucking go pee, man. If I got to pee, that's too much. I like, need it's you too to long. pee before you get there. I learned that at Goldfinch. All these movies are too long. <laughs> you, have, you have to pee but before you get there. You have to consult the guide. There's always a guide. There's for a pee longer. time. There's a pee time guide. There's a pee time guide. The pee time guide has really no... It said it's pretty much wall-to-wall action. There's not a lot of pee times in it. Oh, so they were like, sorry, sorry, pee at the beginning, pee at the beginning, <laughs> which is really pretty much it. Or wear a diaper and get over yourself. Right. right. And I really tried to hold out, but the last half hour I couldn't. I decided to go pee. It's wow. two hours and I was like, I was done. You was with me. I know. I was done. I didn't care. I came back and I was like, all right, they're still fighting this fuck. I'm good. I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing has happened. <laughs> so oh we're, we're okay. We're okay. So, so, you, so you're three and a half. No, I'm three. I really want to give it a three and a half, but I'm okay. going to give it a four only because of the production design yes. and the special effects and the cinematography of it yes. was really, really good. Mm-hmm. The acting was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to take James McAvoy out of it. Mm, I would like to give him tops, but he he didn't excel to me. He didn't do anything. Jessica. He, he phoned it in. Also, his his main accent, that weird accent he was doing, I don't know what's going on because it's supposed to be Maine. Right. I was like, no. Well, it's because he was falling back to who just, he was. Just be British. Right. Then I'd rather you just. <laughs> yeah, Scottish or whatever he is. I mean, he, he had some really deep scenes as he went on into their. Well, to me, their... it was about everybody else. It really wasn't about him. Well, it wasn't no, about Bill to me. No, he had a very important moment because Bill started this. I it was know, because of Bill's brother, Georgie, that all this didn't... happened. And then there was a very intricate scene that Bill had to face in order to move forward in terms of fighting Pennywise. And that scene was powerful. Okay, but that's uh, one scene out of but three But other hours. than that, other than that, they didn't give Bill a lot. And I yeah. just didn't think it required an actor of that magnitude to be in that. They could I agree. pick anybody, another guy. Anybody could have phoned that in. I mean, I, I mean, it's not really about phoning it in. I just thought, I didn't think he was a likely choice. Jessica Chastain, on the other hand, Perfect yes, choice. She's always good. And she's um, always good. She's, she's just good. always good. She's and, she's and always good. James is your boy and he's usually really good, I but know. he just wasn't good. I was enough. I was I was wanting so much more from yeah, Bill. Yeah, he just wasn't good once enough. Once they told once I found out that Bill was cast as you know, James McAvoy right. was cast as Bill, I was just like, Oh, this is gonna be hot. Right. You know, I just he he always brings it. I mean So I just was like, Well, this is what I get. Like the other guy was more interesting, the fat kid. James guy. Ransom was good too, the guy who played Eddie. Right. The guy who played Ben, who was the fat kid right. in the first one. He was more interesting. His name is So Jay I was Ryan. like, he okay, was give it to me. Yeah, but, I just said, I don't you know. know. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. And but it's so, okay. It's oh, all right. well. Because the movie was good. So I give it a tentative four for Thank its you. creativity. Yes, absolutely. Let's and just go see it. Just go see it. And, and, and let us know what you think. And. Because we do value your opinions, by the way. We do. And so, the very next film? Goldfinch. The Goldfinch. I thought it was was quite good. I like The Goldfinch quite a bit. Um, Really like the cast in The Goldfinch. Can you give us a little synopsis before you jump into that? Working on that. Thank you. So I was... Get it ready. Bullshitting before you just uh, blew, you, up, blew me you know, up. And way just, to call out her stalling. And called me out that was on all brilliant. my stalling. You can totally see her in her phone right now. You can looking totally for the see research. me in my phone trying to get the, the, the <laughs> film up, but you know. You know, so if you were a gentleman, you could have brought here. it up too. Right, like, right, right. 
I mean, you're <laughs> well, just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. No, he's a talent. I, I That's what Alex always off. calls him. He's a talent. I told my phone off. I'm just being me. Yeah. But the point is. Uh, so ahead. I will say, directed by John Crowley, and um, which I need to make a mention of this, cinematography by the great Roger Deakins. Yes. Uh, if you don't know Roger Deakins, you've seen it all his beautiful. films. Blade Runner 2049, Skyfall, Fargo, uh, No Country for All Men, uh, Hail Caesar, Sicario, Unbroken, and on Prisoners, which was brilliantly shot. Yeah. Um, Skyfall, and on and on and on. This movie was just um, stunningly beautiful. Really beautiful because it was Roger. I mm -hmm. mean, I was not surprised once I saw him in the credits. So, um, starring a um, very young man. His, he plays the young Theo Decker, Oakes Fagley, brilliant mm -hmm. little actor. Yes, he was. Um, Ansel Elgort, playing the older Theo. Yes. Uh, of course, everyone's favorite Nicole female Kitman. version of <laughs> Kevin Bacon. I love Nicole Kidman. Seven Degrees of, of Nicole Kidman. And all her plastic surgeries, is, I love Is her. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> She is a wonderful, gentle human being. I would sure. love to meet her. She's amazing. She I seems, would love she seems to meet her. Like a yeah, fairly decent really person. Amazing. Yeah. Because it's just like I feel like she could not portray that. Because she seems to portray that on yeah. screen. I no, I she's just absolutely love genuine. I, I got her. the uh, opportunity to interview her on a red carpet once, yeah. and it was like everything that she puts out is yeah. totally her. She's just yeah. a like, genuine. She's it, amazing. It seems like that in her work as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jeffrey Wright, Luke amazing. Wilson. Sarah Paulson, who love we love, her. American Horror Story, and so on and so forth. Yes, yes. Um, Finn Wolfhard from uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yes. He was also in it. I so, loved his performance, so too, by the way. they had um, Amy Lawrence, who played Young Pippa. I, I mentioned these younger actors because they were phenomenal in this film. Absolutely. They pulled their weight. Um, and then some. And then some, extraordinarily. Yep. Um, I don't think the film would be the same if they weren't in it. Yeah. Um, and so it brings me back to the synopsis, which it's about a boy in New York um, is taken in by a wealthy Upper West Side family after his mother is killed in a bombing at the Met. Yes. Um, I will say uh, that this film had so many elements where to start. Um, for me, I'll, I'll just do a few beat bullet points, right? Mm -hmm. So music, uh, perspective, the gaze, uh, art, photography, um, set design, production design, cinematography, like everything hit on all the points. Absolutely. Three hours long and I was not bored. It was, and see, that is the difference. Yes. That is the difference because this story was so Full. You had a full on performance. It was a true hero's journey. Exactly. And the the, true. the visual storytelling mm. was incredible. Every scene you you felt like you were in the room. And I and it's really well, what you said. Gaze. It's about perspective. Perspective, because the gaze. You were in the room with the character. And mm -hmm. it was just I, I've never I've never seen since Woody Allen. I've not seen a New York story the way this one was told, right. and and it, they captured what it is to really live in New York. They moved through apartments, they moved through the streets, and, and you felt like you were really there. And it, I don't know if you have, excuse me, if you have not visited New York 
And I'm not talking about Times Square and all the no. touristy spots. I'm talking New York about if you city in general. really come to New York and visit the area and go right. to these places. Stay in an Airbnb. Right. You know, go to these little small apartments. You know, it was or just some like, sort of or thing. just small bar. Just it <laughs> felt so real, and that and, and that's what likens it to it because it also gave you that small town feel within a big city, because you were it, well. That's it, what New York is, and that's what it is. And so, and even when they went to Vegas, there was the scenes in Vegas. Love the scenes in Vegas yeah. because they gave you that whole landscape of you know when. You know the foreclosure with all those homes right. and all that development that it's, didn't really go anywhere. It's what happens when the desert takes back right. what they took from the right. desert? Right, and it was just—it's just—I <laughs> I, just—I have to give kudos to the film. The performance were outstanding. The they performances were outstanding. were outstanding, from Sarah Paulson to the young to the young man who was the lead, the young lead. Uh, yeah, Oakley. I love that little boy, and it was just like I, I was so Jeffrey Wright. Shout out to you. Oaks is his name. Shout out to you. Oh, Jeffrey Wright is never, Jeffrey Wright, never a disappointment. Amazing performances, and I want to be him when I when I get. I want to be him. I, I want to wear the ascot and the, <laughs> the little smoky sweater. I want to do all of that. Right. Because he just, he he gave it all. And, and there was just so much special about this film. I could tell it was obviously a great book, and I'm going to go back and pick up the book because... Well, Right. It just was so, so powerful. Right. Well, as you guys were talking about small town sort of feels, I am a New Yorker, born and raised. Um, so I understood and resonated with young Theo from mm-hmm. the jump. Mm-hmm. I know what it is to walk these streets as a little kid, to take the subway for the first time, and then to have to learn to take the subway to go to school, right. to go back home. Um, he was the quintessential New York kid. Yeah. He was a tough little bastard who could just get through and and will his way through things. He had he had a um he had a power to sort of like what was the word you used he before? He was ad- very adaptable. He, he was adaptable, which 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 I can say is most New York children. Mm-hmm. They immediately adapt to their environments. They're always aware of what's happening, what's going on. They're resilient is the word I was looking for. They're resilient in every way. And this is what he was. He was very resilient from from day to day. And also, I know I said the gaze. (laughs) So let me explain. Explain that to folks. Let me explain. I was going to ask, is that the gaze with the Y or a Z? Right, gaze with the Y or the Z. The Z-E gaze. Yes. Um, Even though we don't know for our gaze. But (laughs) as a homosexual. But (laughs) we have gaze. Z-E is what I'm referring to. Okay, so as... Growing up in New York, I can understand a lot of the scenes that were in the film. Um, Just walking down the street, they had a lot. Okay, so I'll start from our perspective as viewers. They had a lot of P.A. Pennebecker shots from behind where you take in all of the environment as the person walks through it. Um, And so there was a lot of that um, through the bombing, through the streets of New York, through the streets of... Uh, uh, through the rather the the, um, the residential settlements of uh, Vegas, um, when he was alone, the gaze would trans transfix to an object, and so it would be like our gaze of artwork, our mm-hmm. gaze of photography, uh, Theo's gaze of Pippa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so on and so forth, and then it would pull back, and then it would be us. Everyone looked at something, and then we looked at them. 
and took it all in as a complete. Yeah. Um, as a complete picture. To, to you definitely were in every room. We were every in every time, room. It was every immersive scene, every time. You were definitely in every room. It was I was like, if you were not the main character doing the talking, you were standing next to them. Yes. You know, so you felt like you were right there. Yes. And it You were in perspective of hands, just of always. fingers, of, of of items. The uh, drinks, the pills, drinks, the all pills. that stuff. You had a perspective of moments that, like hard shattering moments that would happen as you would look through other other elements. Yeah, there was water, there was smoke, there was fire, there was it was there were all these things you felt like you were wet at the time they were wet. You Mm -hmm. were in a room full of smoke when the bombing went off. It was, and and they mirrored a scene. Remember when when both Theos were in the fetal position and they were hugging the mm-hmm. the, the, the photo, the, the painting. The, the painting. The goldfinch, yeah. Every time you, you were in those moments, because they would do it a couple of different times, yeah. you felt like you were there yeah. with him, if not the person himself. Yes. So you were always able to connect with that character. Right. You felt and, that desperation. Yes, and, and you could understand why, because the, the beauty of this film was you could understand why every character did what they did. Yes. and and It was plainly laid out for you it just i was just like you were you were definitely on the journey with the character and and that was what the beauty of this film is and i i know i could imagine i have to find this book because i feel like the storytelling of it it's probably so detailed because i i was talking to some older ladies that were watching it because they had read the book right and they were like oh my god it was so much like the book they were so excited because they felt like they saw the book on the screen of course. And I was like, Which well, is why it was three hours. And I was like, well, I'm glad that you, you know, because we were talking in the elevator leaving the theater, and they were like, oh, my God, it was just so good. I was so glad to see the characters because they had right. read the characters, right. but they hadn't seen them. And and just to, to have the filmmaker, the, the director, turn this novel into something that was so powerful that resonated with the audience of all age groups. Because right. I saw it on the upper on the Upper West Side, and so people yeah, were and just sort of Thirty Fourth Street, right? And so people were just so engaged in this and it was story, packed. right? Mine was packed, also. This was a big weekend. For so I, I'm, you know, I'm glad they made the money. Uh, the big winner this weekend was Hustlers, of but course. I'm glad they there made was the like money Hustlers, too. Hustlers, It, uh, Goldfinch, one other movie. There was another one that was out. It was it was a full a full weekend for the movies. Right. And I'm and I'm glad about that because now we're we're seeing some movies where you can use your mind, you can think a little bit, you can process cuz I I felt like I was always very this movie left me very emotional in in the fact that Theo the main character was talking about how people put on put on a disguise. The disguise of what he they said, want people to see. Most people put on a disguise and they put it on so much that at times they disguise themselves. Right, from they don't themselves. know who the who's the real person right. or not. And and I think that that resonated with the film. Yes. And you kind of felt for Theo, but considering that he went through so much, because as a child, if you lost your mother in such a dramatic, tragic way, right. how that would affect the and, rest of your life. And she was essentially a single mother. Right, and how that would affect your life. So then he, you know, he goes on this truly a journey, uh, and 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 just flows from there mm-hmm. you know so um i don't know about you but I, i'm gonna give it about a four four and a half because i thought it was pretty powerful it's a good film i think you should definitely see it i know it's three hours pee before don't drink 
<laughs> and um, sit through it though, but it's not painful to watch. It flows fairly well, right? And I think you'll be interested. I've got to give it a five because I love the music, I love the soundtrack, I love the performances, I love the cinematography and all of the feels of the movie. I oh, think of course, it was, cinematography it was amazing. just so so beautiful. And one, this is my kind of movie, so I, I'm always gonna like these kind of things because I like. I like these character-driven stories, and I feel like all the performances were very character-driven. They weren't about a star no. being in the movie. And the thing that Nicole Kidman always brings to her performances is she's about being an actress. Right. She's not, or an actor. She's not about, I'm the star of the movie. Well, so is so is Jeffrey Wright. Right. And, uh, this young man, um, Ainsley, he's another sure. one that's, Ansel, I'm sorry. Ansel is another one that's coming up. He's been in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, what is it? The stars, the fault in our stars, right? Divergent, Baby Driver, so on and so forth. Just very solid performances. Yeah, he's a good actor. And like I said, I if think you he's just, gonna do well. If you want to see something that's smart, make you think a little bit, you know, I'm, go check I'm, it out for I'm sure. I'm taking half a point away because you know, three hours, but <laughs> but I mean, listen, you can't complain about it being three hours and start this whole thing about how the movie no, should I'm be three hours. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Mean? But I didn't feel like it was three hours. I didn't feel like and it was three hours, difference. but still, it was three hours. And that is the difference. Uh, I totally did not feel I, like I did, it was I hours. did look at my watch a couple of times like, oh, it's another hour. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't do that because I just I, I just mean, totally I was in it, but, you know, it was also a ridiculously crowded theater. So it's like, oh, let <laughs> me move from this person. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode, full fans. And mm -hmm. if you like this episode, please be sure to... Like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Spotify under yeah. the tag BBM Movie. And if you have anything you'd like to tell us, please make sure you use the hashtag. That's BBM Podcast. Once again, that's BBM Podcast. Next week. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not, it's not week. It's a couple weeks. Next time. <laughs> next episode. Yes, next episode 51. We'll be doing... J-Lo, Lizzo, and Hustlers. Cardi B. If, if this was video, you could see me do my fake, oh, my fake twerk. She is doing it, too, by the way. dance. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you soon. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.